All right, so you ready? What's the name of the podcast? Uh, I want to just, <coughs> I think Damn My is good. Are we going to say so in this? No, you don't, because I'm, yeah. But, I thought this was going to be a podcast with both of us and you only get one vote. Because I'm the one in charge. You're not in charge. You just know how to work stuff. <laughs> That's why I'm in charge. Um, all right, so... I guess introductions. Um, did you want to use your real name? No, you go first. Are you recording us now? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. You go first since you in charge. You said you were in charge. All right. Um, dang. You don't know who you are? <laughs> no, I just. <laughs> All right. My name is Gira. Um, I'm a young millennial. 20-something, as SZA has told. I guess that's my age bracket, is a 20-something. Um, I still live at home. And Not for long. <laughs> <laughs> After this podcast, you're going to be out of here. <laughs> yeah, and I decided to do a podcast with my mom because we're just so funny. So No, we're not. <laughs> um, introductions for you? <sighs> I'd like to introduce myself as a woman of a certain age. Um, I tried to get the podcast to be named after that, but clearly I lost. Um, my name is Raynette. I am a woman of a certain age. I'm not revealing my age. Um, oh my gosh, okay. And um, <laughs> we're doing this podcast. It's been something that we talked about for a while. And tonight at 1010, we're finally doing this. But it's not 1010 because that clock is fast. Well, it's 10 o'clock because it's 10 10 for me, so I can get to work on time. Time, all right. Um, I guess you know what we made it. Why we made it is because I just feel like a lot of times, like in media, we only see black women and their moms arguing and fighting. I mean, even though we do argue, but it's never like such a tumultuous relationship where I can't not talk to you about things or like. Whatever movie I've seen, this is not a precious and her mom relationship. Um, who else has pretty dramatics? Well, I mean, there's been recent articles about yeah. um, black women and how they raise uh, they raise their daughters. What, what's the phrase? Um, um, they raise they raise their daughters. They they. Uh, let's not quote that. All right, so after much research, we finally found the quote. What is the quote? <laughs> Black moms raise their daughters and love their sons. Which is true, since I do have a younger brother who they love. Are you kidding me? No, boy, I'm just saying. Why are you knocking that on face? Um, but, you know, after that quote, I think there are, I guess, those narratives still. Um, so I just wonder who created that. I I, I don't understand it. I, I I don't understand. I have five brothers, so I grew up in a house with eight kids, and so I had five brothers. And trust me, there was not a whole lot of love going on there with five adolescent boys in the home uh, and two sisters. So um, I think my parents had had enough of us. So um, I think they loved us. Um, in our own individual ways. I, I'm, I'm not saying that there weren't favorites um, in the house because I think everybody's perspective is different on 
on how they were raised and their roles um, in their families. Um, but I have to say, um, I don't know. You think you think I play favorites with Ezra? I mean, the, you're being one of eight, me one of two is two different things as well. So, and you know, you you just you a social worker, so you try. I don't know. You trying to say you were an experiment? No. I think you were very deliberate in a lot of things. Yeah, I was very deliberate about a lot of things. Yeah. I couldn't wait to be a mother, though. I was like, this is it. This is my chance. I'm about to blow this thing up. Um, I don't know. And I just didn't want anybody taking away my thunder of me being a parent. I was just like, no, you're not going to talk to my kid that way. No, you're not going to do that. Um, but most of all, I, I, I wanted to be... Um, that mom that my kids didn't have a barrier um, where they couldn't talk to me about anything or I couldn't talk to them about anything. Yeah, I think for me, like when we look back or as I'm cleaning out my room and I read over my school stuff, it's like, she's so quiet. But as soon as I got in the car, like I knew what happened from 8.30 or from the bus stop to when the bus came home and I was dropped off, I can tell you what happened the whole day. But just that engagement probably made it easier for you to know what was going on. And I didn't feel like I had to hide stuff. And plus, you know, the phrase no secret scared me enough. So I was just like. Yeah, I used to be able to tell when you guys were lying about something. Oh so that, that was that was the biggest thing. Um, you know, and then you always use the Lord. Yeah, you, you know, God is not pleased with that. <laughs> well, you know, the Lord doesn't like it when you lie. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that always worked. Yeah, for Ezra, it worked really good. Me, not when I got older, I was just like, okay. You figured it out. Yeah, I figured it out. So she's just using us. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fold. But. Mm-hmm. We'll have to invite Ezra on the podcast to get his per- perspective since he's not no longer lives here. Yeah, he got out. <laughs> I mean, I just... We're located in Connecticut, so, I mean, the the cost of living is ridiculous. But, you know, one day, you're going to miss me. When? <laughs> When I was away at college for four years, and I thought you were gonna stay. No, you kept falling asleep on me on the phone. Like, you know, I call you, you like, I just, you know, I was tired, pumpkin. Okay, I was tired. It's hard to be a social worker out here. And she works with the kids, so that's my famous line. You know, I work with the kids. So the kids exhaust her at three o'clock. So by the time you call her at six o'clock, she's already like, whew, yeah, I'm a, I'll call you back. And then you never get a call back. So that's why it's good that I'm here. Like, okay. Like you can talk I'm trying to, to me. make up for time. Yeah. Like I've been, well, I've been here longer than four years. Now, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe yeah, okay. we'll just, you know, again, we'll, but all right, let's, um, what else did you want to talk about this week? I don't know. This this podcast has been a long time coming. And so now that we're actually doing it, I'm not sure what we should, what, how, you know, how we should start out. Um, considering we can just talk about the phases of our relationship and 
you know, maybe we'll have people that can identify with our relationship or not identify or what were some of the barriers that they had um, with their daughter in particular. Um, but we're open to hear perspectives on, you know, how people um, raise their, their sons or their interactions with their sons as well. Or if that was the case, sometimes you have grandparents raising grandkids um, and they go from being a grandparent to being the actual parent for whatever reason. So there's different different perspectives on, you know, what those relationships are like. You know, I don't profess to be any kind of psychologist or any kind of doctor at, uh, of any kind of social work. Um, I just know from personal experience and working with other people, kids and working in the community that um, there are certain things that work and certain things that that are never going to work. Um, and one of those things is that kids have to feel loved and they have to feel protected. And if they're loved and protected, um, that's where the trust and the respect comes in. But if kids don't feel like they're being protected or loved, there's no reason for them to open up to you. True. So I kind of use that as a basis of raising you all. I mean, we were protected. so it was, You think yeah. I was overprotected? No. I mean, no. Sometimes, but I was just probably being dramatic in a child, in like a middle schooler. Like you wouldn't let me go here because I have to call someone's mom. But at the end of the day, it's 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 it was for us. If you didn't know the people, why would I go over there anyway? And I didn't miss out on anything. But you know, it's not like I was going to be dancing at these parties anyway because I was so much of a dancer. All right. Um, but we just decided to go ahead. I went to CultureCon this weekend in Brooklyn. Um, definitely like an eye-opening experience. It's like homecoming for creatives. And then I got to see uh, Sanaa Lathan. Um, she was interviewed by Taylor Rooks, um, who worked for Bleacher Report. I got to see Tracy Ellis Ross, who was definitely really inspiring. I love her. I know. She's just like, she just was like very energetic. Um, and she was interviewed by Elaine Wel- Welterworth. Welterworth? Wentworth? Yeah. Let me look up her IG just to make sure. But um, she's really good as far as interviewing. And she has her book, More Than Enough, um, that I can read now for free. So um, definitely be giving my thoughts on that book. Welter- Do I have to read that? No, you're not. You, no, I'll read it for you. Um, Wilter Roth, yeah. Okay. Um, is there a cliff notes for her book? There probably is on the internet by now. I was trying to get it signed, but the line was too long, and she was like having conversations and like black girl magic type vibes with everybody in line. So, is it on audio? It's probably on, yeah, it's probably on audio. Yeah, it's on audio. It's on audio. You're, don't even worry. I'll just tell you about the book. No, what if I wanted to listen to it in the car? Where do you go that long? It's gonna From take, here to work. It's it takes take, me 20 minutes to get to work. I can knock that book out. No, it's not about a week. Work. No, it's not. It's going to take you like five weeks to finish it. Your commute is so short. Okay. <clears throat> but you never know. Okay. if you, I'm going to have to upload it for you. No, you're acting like I'm like some kind of relic when it comes to technology. Now I can upload an audio book now. <laughs> oh, okay. Come on now. All right, Mom. All right, Mom. Um, yeah, and just, you know, 
I sat in on the podcast um, panel that they had, and it just kind of encouraged me to just, you know, just do it. And I think a lot of times you like second guess yourself when you're thinking about doing something outside of your normal work or anything extra or just like, I should do this, but it's just like stepping out to actually do it. It's, it's wonderful when you talk about it and you have all these ideas, but actually doing it and executing it is probably the hardest part because you're always nervous as far as like, are people going to like it? So. Well, I think I heard something the other day where, um, I don't even remember what show it was, but the, um, the person was talking about how um, you never know whether or not it will work unless you actually do it. And there's usually, usually things work when there's a need there or there's an audience there that has um, not been tapped into. So I kind of figure, I mean, we've listened to podcast, different podcasts and, um, you know, you're going on people's Instagrams and Snapchat, chat, chat. You know, it's just Snapchat. <laughs> and you, you know, you look at certain things and you sometimes you say, I wonder if I have an idea how it, you know, how I can move forward with it. And so, no, this is just us jumping out there, though, you know, taking a leap of faith. You know, faith without works is dead. Yeah, okay. So, um, this is, you know, this is just us, just taking that leap. I mean, one of the notes that I did take at at the conference was that create what you want to see. Don't create what someone else already has. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. So, there you are. With that. Was that it? What, my notes? No, I was thinking someone else. I, I can't remember what the... Um, me that told you that day? I don't think so. No. I'm pretty prolific, so... Uh, so now you're a prophet? No. You're just prolific. I'm just, you know, I'm here. Okay. Yeah, that, I mean, like, listening to someone talk about, like, create what you want to see, like, there's always something, like, you're like, oh, well, I think this could be better if I did, if they did this, this, and this. Instead, you can just do it yourself instead of waiting for them or putting in your two cents they're not that, that they're not going to hear. So, Or sometimes I find myself talking to the radio. Yeah, and they don't hear you, or it's like, no, I know that phrase, and they can't hear you on the other side, because that happens a lot when I listen to my podcast, so. You have your own podcast? No, like the, I mean, sorry, not. <laughs> the one, cheating on me? No, not the, the, obviously the one that we're recording right now, but I'm talking about the, the podcast that I actually. So this is your podcast, the one that we're creating now, this is yours? No, no, the one we're doing right now. Is oh, not. you keep saying I. I'm, no. I'm trying to figure out where this I is coming from. This should be we. We, the one that okay. we're doing right now. Right moment, now. Okay. Right now at this moment. But I was talking about the ones that I subscribe to okay. on a weekly basis or, you know, however many times they put it out. So. Okay. Uh, other than that, anything interesting go on with you? Well, we have a. This will be a short week for me. We have. Um, we went from Columbus Day to Indigenous People Day. Well, that's because again, the kids. The only Christopher we acknowledge is Wallace. We don't acknowledge Columbus, Colombo, Biggie Small. Okay, I'm saying the, But no, I heard. I heard an interesting. Um, it was a professor that was on. 
um, Joe Madison this morning. And this professor was talking about Christopher Columbus and that his name really wasn't Christopher Columbus and that he really wasn't Italian, that he was Spanish. His origins were uh, Spanish. I didn't know that. So, I mean, listening to talk shows in the morning and radio shows, I, I just find that um, learning is continuous. And um, the fact that um, in Connecticut, they've, in some areas, I'm not going to say I know for the particular company I work for, they changed it to Indigenous People Day. And um, it's honored that way because Columbus didn't discover a land where people were already existing. He lost. And he were was lost. living here. He was yeah. lost. Okay, whether he was lost or it was deliberate, this was this. He didn't discover the place. No, he did not. So, um, and so I appreciate that. Um, so I love correcting people and saying, "No, it's Indigenous People Day." <laughs> but if people are true to their um, their ethnicity and they might, or you know. Oh, he was Italian. So you might have people celebrating Christopher Columbus because he was Italian. Allegedly. Allegedly. I'm just I'm just saying. He was clearly not. Yep, I'm just saying. So um, you know, but we spent so much of our time as youth talking about um him coming to America. But it was like it's not even I was like I was so confused because I was like, but this is not America like it wasn't America. It was was it Puerto Rico, I guess now? Or what is it? I obviously wasn't paying attention to first grade. Would clearly, what was it? The Santa Santa Maria. Those are the, the boats. San, those were the boats that came. The in, Nina, yeah. the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. So you did learn something. Look at you. you paid for the best suburban school. Yes, I, I did. It. Look at my money working on this little. No, podcast. the boats were the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Mm-hmm. But he landed on Hispaniola, mm-hmm. which is now I, 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 from what I've read, like the Tianos were the ones. This is all alleged here. Actually, you know what? Let's not even give Christopher yeah. this this much time. And then I heard his name wasn't, uh, his last name was Cologne. Did I say that already? Yeah, you said that. So, he was of Latin descent. <laughs> Spaniard. Yeah, but it's still technically white, right? Because it's Europe. Not necessarily, was it? Would you consider Spaniard? I, I don't know. He still didn't make it to Asia to get to Silk. So, at the end of the day, he failed. He scammed the countries, ended up in the wrong place, and still did not get the silk. Was that what he was going for? Man, he was supposed to, he was, because Marco Polo got the silk, and he was supposed to go back, and he never got, he never got there. So he scammed whoever was, somebody denied him a loan, so he didn't have enough credit to get the first loan. They were doing FICA scores there? <laughs> no. I'm just saying, this is the equivalent now. Like, you didn't have the credit score to go to Spain. Nah, bruh. And Portugal was like, all right, we'll give you a chance. We'll give you a little bit of credit as long as you come back. And then he got lost. Like, so basically, that's, you know, he scammed them and made a little bit of money. Okay. Well, we should do a little more history um, background before we start. Yeah. I mean, let's put that disclosure out there right now. We are not historians. Um, so um, we don't have a site for you all to, to um, call in and correct us yet. But I'm sure we'll be receiving um, some sort of feedback at some point. But um, don't charge it to our head. Charge it to our heart. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, all right. So let's just talk about then, um, we talk about um, relationships with daughters. Um, what do you consider um, an ideal? So if you had, let's, let's say this, if you had to give some advice to a new parent or someone that was expecting, um, what would you, what would you tell them as a child that you liked or worked for you growing up? Um, what advice would you give the new parent? First of all, no one's had any dreams about fish, so I am not pregnant, so I am not the new parent. Okay, no, it's not true. I just, I just want to make it clear okay. that you didn't have any dreams about it, having, no, I me didn't. having a child. I did dream that I was pregnant. Okay, anyway, because who's going to take care of that baby? No, no, no. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually going to have a baby. It also could mean that you have ideas that are like in you and true. they need to be like moved yeah, forward, they need one. to be birthed. Yeah. Um, I'm not a psychic and I'm not a I just um, like looking at interpreter my dreams. of dreams. So, um, but I did look it up, and I've had that dream twice. So I don't know. So yeah, maybe this is the baby. This podcast. The, the, the podcast. Pushing it out, girl. Pushing it out. Pushing it out. Okay, let's go. That was so cheesy. That was cheesy, but go ahead. Um, I think for me, um, you were definitely like. No, remember you're not talking. To I know, me. I know. Okay. I'm just saying. So, like for for a new parent, I would always want them to keep that those lines of communication open. I think it's so easy now, like kids have access to cell phones and apps and things like that. I didn't, I mean, my space was around, but I think even then it's not to the point that you can carry it with you. Like it's, it's with you all the time. And I think just being attentive with your children is something I, I don't see a lot with parents. Cause I think like, even when I was working retail at Banana Republic, I would just see parents give their kids the phone and they wouldn't be talking to them. So I felt like they just, I, I understand they just want to shop and they want to just get their clothes and leave, but it's almost like you don't get that, that talking or like, to, Hey, what do you think about this, this and this? And but what if they're like babies? Like, I mean, I baby, I know I, I, I completely understand. Cause at, at, if they have a stroller, like I understand they're like, they've probably already had three tantrums in 15 different stores. Like I already know that, but I do think a lot of times like it's a pacifier for kids. And mm -hmm. then also it's, it's used for parents not to talk to their kids. So, so your, your first advice would be what? Like pay attention. Yeah. Just be attentive. Be attentive. Like, like kids notice everything. And I mean, if you're sitting on the couch and I just think, yeah, like there should be a time where like, we had dinner every night. Like, I think that was something we maybe took for granted. We could talk about our day and kind of laugh about things that happened earlier or yeah. So attention and being attentive because then there, there'd be no reason why your kid wouldn't want to open up to you or feel you you're excluded as a parent from their lives. And being in the moment. Yeah. But you're not distracted. So if I had to give, a parent some advice um, from a parental perspective, I, I would say just that, like be in the moment. I think as adults, we also are preoccupied with our phones and electronics and Facebook and all kind of other things um, that we're not attentive to our kids. And um, I will say the difference though, um, you know, when we were, 
you know, raising you guys and um, spending time with you all, I don't think we had the interruption of all of the electronics and the technology. That we, the, the biggest technology we had was the television. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I think that was that was our technology. And phones were just starting to come around. Beepers um, were out. Yes, beepers were out. But who's like doing, who's going to, like, I didn't have a beeper. Who the hell was trying to get me? Like, nobody needed to get me. I think well, you did have a beeper because I remember one time. Oh, was, that's when I used to work at the shelter. Oh, yeah. I had, I was on call when I worked at the shelter. Yeah. But I think that was it. Like, you know, only people had beepers then was like doctors and drug dealers <laughs> back then. And I Those was are neither. Just, they were two important people. <laughs> they like. were two important people for some people, yeah. you know. Um, I was neither. So, um, but I think being in the moment, not allowing technology to dictate um, your interactions with your kids, um, have time where there is no technology in the house um, and that you're having these conversations with your children. It doesn't matter how old they are. I remember when um, you used to get in the car because, I mean, I could talk about you now, and I could talk about Ezra also, but you getting in the car, and you were like two, and I would say to you, what did you do today? What happened? Like, tell me what happened. What did you do? You were babbling off something, and I was like, oh, my gosh, really? really you did? And you were cracking up laughing, you know, but I think having that routine of asking how your day was, what did you do, um, what was hard for you today? What do you think you need to work on? Um, did you miss me today? Um, that kind of stuff. I mean, there's there's never an age that um, there's there's not a certain age that you need to start talking with your kids. I think is or having hard conversations with them because I think a lot of times like. You you were one of those parents that like we had to use the proper names for our body parts. So it was our vagina. It was a penis. Where in having conversations about sex, I think I remember asking you like, I think I saw like that Nickelodeon special. Remember like Nick News? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is AIDS? And you gave me the explanation as far as what's AIDS and how people get it and what why is this on Nick News? Mm-hmm. So just letting your kids know what's going on and what's going on in the world kind of gives you like, there's no secrets when it does happen as far as like thinking about like sex or intimacy or like even people coming out or stuff like that. Like I, I well, knew- at one point though, I don't think you guys understood what your body parts were. And so you were calling your privacy. Yeah. Our privacy. Um, so the whole thing was like, you know. <laughs> Mommy, I gotta cover up my privacy. Like you, you but know, you, but like, you knew. I knew, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the whole privacy. Thing, yeah, you know, but like yelling out the out the bathroom. <laughs> my privacies don't work, mommy. You're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but I think I'll even I was just hearing something about that, like kids not knowing the proper names or like being able to to locate their private their privacies <laughs> it affects the them being protected essentially yeah. because. Yeah. Things are happening to them, but they they don't have the proper term for it, and they don't know that this is not supposed to be happening to them. Your body is not a wonderland. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get that straight. Your body is not a wonderland. Um, this is not according to John Merritt. Is but um, I'm just saying, but you know that your body is for you and for you to take care of it, and you know not for anybody else. Um, so I mean, and to be proud of who you are, because I think like 
I'm, we're from Connecticut, and I feel like, you know, when I went to school in Virginia, people were like, there's black people? I was like, yes, there's black people in Connecticut. There's black people everywhere. And just being proud of who you are, like, and going into first grade, like, I have block braids. Like, my loud bees. This is before the rubber band method. So, aluminum foil and beads were everywhere every time I turned my hair. And they're like, oh, my God, you're, your beads are everywhere. But just kind of being proud. I think like, I kind of laugh at this melanin thing. And I was like, like, did your parents ever talk to you? Like I knew about melanin in my first grade. Like I knew about things like, I remember those beads that you wore around your neck, the cowrie shell. I had the the choker. Yeah. I had, I had a choker. The choker is still here to this day. No, we just found it the other day or a couple months ago. Yeah. Now I got to find it again. So, um, just being proud of who you are, I think. But I mean, but the challenge, even the challenge for me too was like, Okay, I my my elementary didn't look like your elementary, and a lot of my teachers were African American teachers. No, I didn't have any. You didn't have that, so it was the opposite experience. Um, and so the whole thing with your hair was like a big deal for everybody else. And I'm like, well, why is her hair your business? You know, the whole thing with the beads. The teacher telling me, you know, our beads are a little noisy. Okay, and your point. <laughs> But then again, there's kids coming back from Aruba with the same beads. So at the end of the day, like, they were like, here, look, like, your hair's... No, no, your scalp is red. Like, Yeah, but it, it didn't even matter. No, that. that was cultural appropriation right there. That was just, like, them being culture vultures. <laughs> like, you go to an island, all of a sudden you come back with two cornrows. <laughs> no, um, they came back with plenty of cornrows. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But then they complained about your beads. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, um, you know, and having to have that conversation... Um, with people about, no, her hair is fine. And if she'd like to wear beads, then we'll continue to put beads in her hair. I love Jesus and all. Yep. I, so, I never wear those beads. Yeah. So, I mean, that, but, you know, parenting is it's, it's a work in progress. And I think we all have caution tape, like, wrapped around us, you know. And um, to say that you've perfected this parenting thing, I don't think so. Um, I think that every... Every generation has its has its barriers there, and I just think um, the biggest one that I see now working in a high school is like technology. Technology is king, and you know we talk about being responsible digital citizens, um, and that it's a tool for entertainment, but it's also a tool for solving problems. And um, I think the kids are not always using it that way. It's it's used in a way that's entertaining them and um, it, it stunts some of their own creativity because sometimes you just can't sit there and just be with yourself. Like turn the phone off and just like be with yourself. Like even for myself, like when I'm at work, I try not to look at my phone because sometimes I just need to just sit there with myself and figure out like what my day is going to be like, you know, and then you'll have somebody knocking on your door saying, I'm sorry, so-and-so is out here crying. <laughs> yeah, well, I did come to work to work with the kids, so I might want to get up, right, you know, and go and check on a little chickadee. Um, but um, I think that, you know, we're distracted with everything um, of the going-ons of our life, and your life doesn't start once you um, you walk through the doors of your job, you know, so... Um, I do appreciate that. So that that would be my advice is be in the moment. Um, pay attention to your kids, um, what they're sensitive to, what they're not sensitive to, what they like and what they dislike. 
and um you know, just just start that dialogue as early as possible because, you know, that also increases vocabulary for your children when you're having those conversations with your kids. So um, my advice today is just be in the moment with your child. All right. Well, that's a little preview, I guess, of what will be ahead. So we'll try to release these weekly. Um, so if you guys have any suggestions, please hit us up. Um, we'll put the email in the link below. But other than that, Thanks, Mom. Damn, that was good. So, you think so? I mean, that was deep, so it was, it was good. I know, we kind of got, well, you know, maybe we'll we'll figure it out, but, you know. We'll get deep, we'll laugh. Um, I don't know about crying, but, you know, we'll do all the above. So. All right. Bye. I'm good.